Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. Good evening, everybody. already make me cry already stop it (laughs) now I'm excited I am excited about this evening this is of course my first time preaching here at uh, at tree of life I'm excited about it I actually went online to uh, freesermons.com and I got me a really good one (laughs) so I'm just gonna read from that if y'all okay with that (laughs) no let's pray father we thank you for your amazing grace for your love that you just shower on us day in and day out. I thank you, Father God, for what you are gonna speak to us, your people, this evening. And we will leave out of here changed and ready to march forward in all that you have for our lives. We give you glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm try to contain myself a little bit, but I'm, I'm going to just kind of forewarn you. I, I preach just like I sing, so you're going to see me. You might see me moving around, and you know I might jump on a chair or something like that. Yeah. No, I'm not going to do that because Pastor Don's watching. So, <laughs> and I like my job, so <laughs> I won't do that. But if you have your Bibles, um, get your Bibles out. Also, um, you should have some note paper. Um, in Pastor Ken's absence, I'm going to be the note pusher tonight. So uh, be sure that you've got something to write with. As as Pastor Ken always says, it's so good to write notes, to have something to write down. Um, It helps you to retain what you're hearing. Um, So if you have your Bibles, turn in in them to Romans chapter 4, verse 18. We're going to read from verse 18 through verse 21. And I'm reading from the NIV. And it says, against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations. Just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. Say dead. Since he was about a hundred years old. Say that's old. (laughs) And that Sarah's womb was also dead. Say dead again. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. The message title for today is Becoming Fully Persuaded. We see here in the scripture, uh, it's talking specifically about Abraham, and we know the story uh, of Abraham, how the angel came and and spoke to he and Sarah and told them that they were going to be having a child, and uh, Sarah laughed. Abraham, being 100 years old, you see, he kind of questioned, God, are you you serious? Well, Well, Abraham didn't question, but if I were in that situation, and I was 100 years old and God came to me and told me that I was going to be having a child. That would be my first response. Would you agree? 
that your first response would be, wait a minute, hold on. Are you sure that you're talking to the right person? I mean, I know you see the same thing that I see. (laughs) Me having a child. But we see here in the scripture that Abraham didn't do that. He had an option. He had a choice on whether he was going to doubt the promise that God had given him or if he was going to actually believe. And we see here that it says that he did not waver or go back and forth through unbelief regarding the promise of God. But there was something special that happened here. And I like this portion of the scripture. If you can put the scripture back up there, um, I believe it's verse 21. It says, yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God. And while they're getting that back up. But the special thing that happened, it says that he was strengthened in his faith. Can we go to that part? No, go to 20. There we go. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God. But here's that special thing that I was talking about. But was strengthened in his faith. He had the opportunity to doubt, but he didn't doubt. He believed. And as a result of him believing the promise of God, he was, he was strengthened in his faith. And he gave glory to God. He praised God because of the promise that he just received, being fully persuaded that God had power to do exactly what he had promised. I'm going to read that same scripture again through the message translation, and I like this translation a whole lot. And it says, Abraham didn't focus on his impotence and say, It's hopeless. This hundred-year-old body could never father a child. How many of you know that that was his reality? This hundred-year-old body could never father a child. Now, when we hear a promise of God or we hear, you know, maybe some kind of situation or circumstance has arise in our life... The first thing we're going to do is, you know, I don't know about you, but I'll speak about myself. The first thing I would do is I would normally look at my reality. My wife gets on me all the time. She just says, you are so analytical. I just overthink everything. I mean, two plus two has to equal four. There's, there's no other way. It's got to equal four. You can't tell me that it equals five because two and two together make four. So I'm analyzing, I'm, you know, just kind of, I, I analyze every single thing. So when something happens, a certain situation or certain circumstance or c- circumstance arises, I automatically start calculating. I start analyzing. I start thinking, okay, well, if I do this, then this is going to happen. But then if I do that, then five steps down the line, that's going to happen. So I'm already five steps down the line when a certain situation happens. But Abraham, it says that uh, he didn't say that it's hopeless that this 100-year-old body could never father a child, nor did he survey Sarah's decades of infertility and give up. What does it mean to survey? Again, what I was just saying about being analytical, start calculating, start thinking about it. But wait a minute, you haven't had a child in decades and we're supposed to have a child. But he didn't survey it. He didn't give up. He didn't tiptoe around God's promise, asking cautiously skeptical questions. I like that part. Not just skeptical questions, but cautiously skeptical questions. Now, we ask some skeptical questions all the time. Um, God, are you sure that... 
Now, I know you're, you're all powerful. You, you know, you've got all power. I know you can do, you know, the unthinkable, the impossible. I understand that. But are you sure me? That's a cautiously skeptical question. It's like, I don't want to, you know, just, just flat out say, God, no, you're, you're not telling the truth. That's, that's not going to happen. So I'm going to kind of tiptoe around it. But it said that Abraham didn't do that. But I like this next part. It says, he plunged into the promise. He plunged into the promise. He stepped right into it. God, that's what you said. Here we go. Let's go. Y'all got to follow me on the camera. Y'all know I move so fast. I was looking out of the corner of my eye and I just saw myself step out of the screen. (laughs) But he plunged into the promise. And I like this next part. And it said, he came up strong. Glory to God. He came up strong, ready for God, sure that God would make good on what he said. He knew that God, if if God made a promise, listen, I can stand on it. It's going to happen. He plunged right in there and came up strong or strengthened in his faith, as it said in the NIV. So we're talking about becoming fully persuaded. Abraham was fully persuaded. So I'm going to give you two ways today on how we can become fully persuaded just like Abraham. Number one, we've got to know who God is. In order for you to be fully persuaded, you've got to know who God is. Is it fair, is it safe to say that Abraham had some kind of knowledge of who God was? Would you say that, that, that he knew something about the character of God? I like uh, uh, my wife, she, my wife knows me. Of course, as uh, this July, we will have been together 11 years, and in September of this year, we will be married for 10 years. Hey. Just make sure y'all pray for her, because 10 years of dealing with me is a... (laughs) Hey. She wasn't supposed to agree with that. (laughs) But my wife knows me. She knows everything about me. She knows what makes me happy. She knows what makes me sad. She knows what makes me tick. She knows everything about me. So if you came to my wife and you said, listen, David did this, or David said that, there's some things that my wife is going to say, no, David didn't say that. I know him. No, David didn't do that because I know him. I've been in relationship with him for so long I know my husband. I know him. He didn't do that. Now, there are some things that may happen that I may say or I may do, and she'll say, yep, that's David all day. I know it. He said that. I know it. That's my husband. I know it. And it's funny because we know each other's looks. We know, you know, we can give each other a look, and she can know when I'm upset. She can know when something is bothering me. She can know when I'm ready to go. You know, she, she knows when I'm sleepy. You know, she just knows everything. And sometimes that just gets on my nerves because it's like, why you got to know everything? (laughs) Can't get away with nothing. (laughs) But she knows all of these things because of our relationship, because we've spent time with each other. Day in and day out, 
We spend time with each other. We communicate with each other. If there, it wasn't just something that she just learned. I had to tell her, I don't like this. I like that. Cook this. Don't cook that. I never say that. Everything she cooks, I love. And I really am telling the truth about that. I'm not trying to get points. I'm really telling the truth. Everything she cooks, I love. But she knows these things because of the relationship that we have, the time that we've spent with each other. She knows my ways. She knows my character. She knows how I think. Wouldn't it be awesome if we knew the same thing about God? Hallelujah. When we know God and we know who he is, there are certain things that happen. There are certain things that are said about your father and you're like, no, 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 that's not my father. That's not my daddy. I know my daddy. My daddy doesn't do that. My daddy doesn't say that because you know him. But if you don't know him, you can't say that. And we know him by spending time with him. We know him. We learn him. We learn his ways by spending time with him and and, and getting in that relationship with him, communing with him. You know, my children, um, if we were in a room, you know, uh, and it's, it's happened several times, we'll be over someone's house or something like that and, you know, it's a party or something and it's like 10, 15 kids and they're all in the room and they're playing, rah! You know how kids do. And they're shooting Nerf guns and somebody just got hit in the eye and they're throwing Legos and just all kind of crazy stuff. And it's funny because you'll see all of the parents, you know, we're just having a conversation, we're laughing and joking and then all of a sudden, bam, somebody starts crying and all the parents just go. Because everybody's trying to figure out, is that my child? Wait a minute, who's that crying? And instantly, that parent of the crying child knows who, they, who their child is. Why? Because I know my child's voice. I know my child's cry. And that's the same way that God is. Listen, I know my child's voice. And when my child begins to cry, I know my child needs my help. But listen, if you don't spend time with him, he'll still know your voice. He'll still hear you when you call. His word says that he doesn't have a choice. But just imagine if you spent that time with him. And soon as you speak, God knows, hey, Teddy just called me. (laughs) Because you know his voice. And then God tells us that he says, my sheep know my voice. And the voice of a stranger, they will not follow. But listen, the only way you can know God's voice to spend time with him. To spend time with him. How awesome that we just came off of this 21 days of fasting and praying, this time of spending, uh, you know, in prayer and, you know, getting in God's face and hearing his voice. And it's all, it almost seems like as soon as you come out of that time, it's like your spiritual ear or your ear to hear God is just like so keen. It's like so clear. Like you hear the smallest things that God says. And then three weeks down the line, you get distracted again and it's hard to hear his voice again. (laughs) But we're not going to be that again. We're not going to do that. (laughs) But God says, my sheep know know my voice and the voice of a stranger they will not follow. 
Psalm uh, chapter 86, verse 11. I like what David says here. He says, teach me your way, Lord, that I may rely on your faithfulness. Now this word, uh, way here or ways in some translation, it's, it's, it's defined in the, the English language and I have the definition up there as well. Uh, characteristic or habitual manner. So in essence, what David is saying here is, Lord, teach me your character. Teach me your habitual manners. Because David understood that if I know your character, as the rest of that scripture says, then I can rely on your faithfulness. So I like to add my words uh, into the scripture sometimes just to give me a better, or feel a different kind of impact. And so I kind of remove that comma, if you could put the scripture back up there where it says, teach me your way, Lord. And there's a comma right there after Lord. I took that out and I just put so. Teach me your way, Lord, so that I may rely on your faithfulness. I can rely on your faithfulness because I know your way. Because I know your word. I know who you are. And when I know who you are, I can rely, I can have faith, I can depend, I can trust in you. I like what Paul wrote in Hebrews chapter 10 and 23. He says, he who promised is faithful. He who promised is faithful. Paul found out just through experience that God was faithful. And I got a quote here. It says that we call a person reliable, dependable, trustworthy after we have seen repeated actions or behaviors that would deem this classification a fact. So David was asking God to teach me your ways so that I can rely, I can learn to rely on your faithfulness. Paul already knew it. He said, he who promised is faithful because he had seen repeated actions. He had seen God doing the same thing over and over and over again. So he knew that God is faithful. I can rely on him. I can depend on him. And I got this scripture uh, from one of my brothers, Pastor Dustin. I have to give him a shout out here. Psalm uh, 103, verse 7. And this has become one of my favorite scriptures. It says, he made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. So when I look at the scripture, and you can leave that up there for a second, I see a differentiation between his ways and his deeds. He made known to Moses his ways and his deeds to the people of Israel. Now we already looked at the, the definition of ways or way characteristics. So he made known to Moses his character, his acts or his deeds to the people of Israel. So Moses knew that if God said he was going to do something, he was going to do it. Now the ch children of Israel, they woke up every morning to manna. Every single morning they woke up to manna. God provided for them every single morning. They woke up 
to manna, but they still found room to complain. Why? Because they knew his deeds. They didn't know his ways. They didn't know his character. They just knew his deeds. And we can often be like that sometimes. You agree? That we see God providing for us and doing things for us when we need a bill paid or we need healing in our body or we need something from God and he does it. We see that as God providing or God healing. That's his deeds, that's his acts. But what would happen if we changed our perspective, if we changed the way we looked at it and the way we viewed it and we didn't see him as a God that provides or a God that heals, but we see him as the provider or as the healer. Because what does that mean? That means if, it, if, if there, a situation arises and I don't see the provision that I'm expecting, I still know that he's a provider. If I'm expecting a healing in my body over what kind, whatever kind of ailment, if I don't receive the healing right when I expect it, I still know that he's a healer. We even see that in the scripture with the three Hebrew boys standing before King Nebuchadnezzar, telling them to bow. Those boys said, listen, we're not going to bow before your God. We know that our God is able. If you throw us in that furnace, our God is able to deliver us from that furnace. But if he does not, let it be known that we will still will not bow. Why? Because they knew his ways. They knew his character. If he doesn't save us from this furnace, that doesn't mean that he's not a savior. Because I know my God and I know his character. So when we come to know the ways of God, the only way we can get to the part, point where we know the way of God is to know the word of God. The way of God is the word of God. He teaches us his ways through his word. So to know God is to know his word. Is that a true statement? To know God is to know his word. It's when we read and study his word that we build our faith because in that is where we learn the character of God. And I like how, uh, I believe it was Brother Hagin, he said, faith begins where the will of God is known. It's hard to have faith for something when you don't know God's will on it. It's hard to know that God can actually heal me of cancer if I don't know that he said by his stripes I am healed. It's hard for me to know and to believe that God will supply my need if I don't know that in his will he says he will supply all my need according to his riches in glory. But when I come to know him and I come to know his word, that's where faith begins. I can have faith. I can stand on his word. Abraham was fully persuaded because he knew God. He knew his character. He knew what God was capable of doing. 
So when Abraham calls him faithful or, or, or reliable or trustworthy or dependable, he really meant that because he found God to be reliable, dependable, trustworthy. If somebody just does something once, once or twice, you wouldn't tag them with a reliable uh, uh, description. You wouldn't call them reliable because they did something once or twice. You've got to see that thing over and over and over and over again. Now, okay, you're reliable. You're dependable. The amazing thing, uh, the, the amazing benefit that we have that Abraham didn't have and David didn't have is we've got Genesis through Revelation. We've got a book full of his promises. And all we got to do is go there. And we stand on each one of them because we know he's faithful. We know he's dependable. We know he's reliable. Scripture also tells us that God is love, that his very essence, everything in God is love. About several years ago, um, it probably had to be at least five or six years ago, I took a long season, um, almost a year, to study just on the love of God. That was the only thing that I studied. It's the only thing that I read. I was at a period in my life that I really just needed to know the love of God. I realized that. And so I just prayed and I studied and I meditated on the love of God and that was it. And I remember one day I was praying and in my prayer I was telling, you know, I was just asking the Father, Father, help me to walk in love today. Help me to walk in love today. Help me to walk in love today. And he stopped me. And he asked me a question. He said, were you created in my image? I said, yes, sir. I'm love. Now, were you created in my image? I said, yes, sir. And then it, it dawned on me, when I ask God to help me to walk in love, what I'm basically giving myself is an out. I'm giving myself an option not to walk in love if I have to ask him to help me to walk in love. And so I decided, okay, well, if God, you are love and I was created in your image and I'm in your likeness and I'm just like you, then I'm love too. So when somebody cuts me off and gives me the Texas finger, <laughs> I don't have an option to walk out of love because I am love. When somebody talks about me behind my back and says all things that are not true and spreads rumors, I don't have an option to not walk in love because I am love. As he is, somebody knows their word around here. <laughs> so are we, which leads me to my next point. Becoming fully persuaded. How to become fully persuaded. Point number one was to know who God is. Point number two, know who you are. Know who you are. First John chapter four. And you can write these down. You don't have to turn to them. I'm going to move real fast. I got nine minutes. It says, and so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. This is my favorite part. In this world, we are like Jesus. In this world, we 
are like Jesus. So that's why it wasn't hard for me to grasp that concept of me being love, not just walking in it, but I am love. Because in this world, I'm just like Jesus. So when people come in contact with us, when people come in contact with you, it should be just as if they've come in contact with Jesus. We see in the scripture, I'm sure most of you know, with the woman with the issue of blood. She needed a healing from God. She said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I know that I'll be healed. If I can just get there and touch the hem of his garment, I know that I can be healed. And she pushed through the crowds and pushed through the crowds and pushed through the crowds. And she reached out and touched his garment. And when she touched it, Jesus said, whoa, wait a minute. Somebody touched me. And you can hear the disciples say, what do you mean? There's thousands of people out here. Everybody's touching you. Everybody's pushing you. What do you mean somebody touched me? No, this touch was different. There was faith attached to that touch. There was something attached to that touch. And her faith made her whole. The scripture says that in this world, we are like Jesus. And so my next quote says that we are the hem of him. Hallelujah. You are the hem of him. There are people that need a touch from Jesus. They need something from God. And when they come in contact with you, it should be as if they just touched the hem of his garment. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You are the hem of him. If someone needs love, they should be able to come and hug you or say hi or shake your hand and feel like they have just been enveloped in the love of God. Hallelujah. Because we are the hem of him. And I like how it says later on in that scripture, I got six minutes. I shouldn't have told you to put the countdown clock up. That's intimidating. <laughs> later on in that scripture, it says that it talks about, you know, there being no fear in God and how perfect love casts out all fear. And we know that uh, uh, fear is a sign of unbelief. Anybody remember Superman. Superman was just, if I could be any superhero, I would love to be Superman. I mean, just the strength that he had and he could fly and he could run really fast and he could see through walls and he can shoot those little red beams out of his eyes. Though sometimes when I was a kid, I thought my mom was Superman because she'd give you that look and it's like those red beams just, <laughs> I know y'all had some mothers like that too. <laughs> My wife does that to the kids sometimes too, but. <laughs> but there was one thing that drained Superman of his power. Kryptonite. All the power that Superman had, all the strength, as high as he could jump, as fast as he could run, stopping bullets, the one thing that crippled him was kryptonite. Kryptonite 
is like fear. It's, it's unbelief. And unbelief cripples the power of God. Unbelief is like kryptonite to the power of God. We see it in the scripture that there being one time where Jesus could do no mighty acts. Why? Unbelief. Unbelief. Perfect love cast out all fear. And so since we're saying that fear is like unbelief, perfect love cast out all unbelief. There's no fear in God. There's no unbelief in God. So we've talked about how we can become fully persuaded, knowing God and knowing who we are. So before we go, I want to tell you three points, three ways that you know that you are fully persuaded. And I like this first one. Point number one, you are at rest. When the presence of God is with you, you don't have anything to worry about. You can just rest. I like how David put it in Psalm 20, in, in 23. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. My head, you anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely, hallelujah, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Why could David say that I can walk through the valley of the shadow of death and fear no evil? Because he knew who God was. He could rest in his presence knowing that it doesn't matter what I go through. It doesn't matter what I walk through in this life. As long as I got God on my side, I have nothing to fear. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. Number one, you're at rest. Number two, your joy overcomes your need. <laughs> have you ever been in that place where you know you have a need, but you just got so much joy because you know who God is? <laughs> and sometimes you even have to laugh at it like, <laughs> really, you think you're going to get me with that? <laughs> Good try. The scripture, uh, it says to uh, make our requests known to God. Be anxious for nothing. Worry about nothing. But in all things, with thanksgiving, by prayer and supplication, make your requests known to God. And it says, and once you do that, the peace of God, the rest of God, that surpasses understanding. Listen, I don't even know why I have peace in this situation. My world has just turned around. I am in complete dismay, but right in the midst of it, I have peace because my God is with me. Peace that surpasses all understanding. Scripture says it guards our heart and it guards our mind in Christ Jesus. Last point, you walk on water. 
Glory to God. Figuratively, of course. Now, if you try to walk on water, just let me know so that I can come with my phone and I can... Because I want to see that. (laughs) But you walk on water. Why? Because you know who God is. Disciples in the boat. In the middle of a storm. And they see Jesus, or who they thought was Jesus, walking on the water. And Peter, bold Peter says, Jesus, is that you? He said, yeah, it's me. Well, Jesus, if it's you, tell me to come to you. My sheep know my voice. Come on, Peter. Walk out here on this water. Peter, in peace, in rest, knowing who God was, and knowing who God was, knowing who he was, took a step out on the water. But then when Peter did this, (laughs) he took his eyes off God. We have to walk through life with our eyes fixed on Jesus. Our eyes fixed on God. And once we do that, we can be fully persuaded. We can be just like Abraham, that no matter what arises in our life, I know who my God is. He's not just a God who provides. He's the provider. He's not just the God who saves. He's the savior. He's not just a God who heals. He is the healer himself. I know who my God is. And because I know who my God is, I know who I am, so I can be fully persuaded, just like Jesus, just like Abraham. Jesus was fully persuaded too, but I can be fully persuaded just like Abraham. And in this world, I'm just like Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. Thank you, God, for your word. You are so amazing. We thank you for the truth in your word. Your word is a lamp unto our feet. It's a light unto our path. The entrance of your word gives light. Your word, we hide on our hearts that we might not sin against you, Father God. Your word is everything to us. Because in your word, we find your character. We find who you are. And ultimately, when we find who you are, you show us who we are in you. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas. Or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.